What's up, guys? It's Mark from Florida Fizz Podcast, and I just wanted to hop on here real quick. Um, there's no uh, Mark's not here. Uh, the other Mark. Um, normally, we talk about sports and um, fitness, but uh, I just wanted to get something off my chest um, with uh, some recent events. Um, this one's pertaining to the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis, and there. Um, that, that how those police officers handled it, which is uh, completely wrong. Um, I what happened to George Floyd and his family is a complete, an absolute travesty. Um, there's no excuse um, for a loss of life like that. Um, yeah, it, it was totally mishandled. I, I hope and pray that that officer and even like the three other officers. Um, who are standing by and did nothing um, are punished because this is unacceptable. Um, When a suspect is rear handcuffed, they are, or even when they're handcuffed, they are in your custody. Um, Their health and their livelihood is in your hands at that point. Um, And, you know, for an officer to kneel on the back of his neck not even on the shoulder blade or in the back, restricting his air airflow and airway is so wrong on so many levels. I, I can't even name a police officer on this planet that would back that officer. Um, it's just, it's wrong all the way. And the ones that stood by are equally, you know, equally at fault um, for not stepping in and helping. Um, George Floyd breathe. Uh, it, it was just wrong to be mishandled. Um, that being said, like you know, as an officer, um, th- this whole thing was mishandled. Um, I, I do think, in general, as a society, we need to reform a lot of things. Um, the Justice Department is one, but I, I feel like so many more things are take precedence over it. Um, and before we begin on this quest down the rabbit hole, um, I, I'd just like to say, like, I, I'm completely wired differently. Um, you know, people who know me, I, I'm very stoic. Um, I don't like talking about a lot of the stuff. I internalize a lot of my problems, which is, you know, unhealthy, but I have ways to cope with it. But um, when I, I voice an opinion, like, sometimes um, people misread it. And... Um, you know, I like to say, like, you know, I, I faced my my own share of racism and discrimination. And when I go off on tangents, like, some people will just see it as misguided. But, um, yeah, growing up, for me, was was difficult. Um, you know, I didn't have a perfect life. I didn't have... And nobody... I don't think anybody does. Um, but I had my own share of problems. Um, you know... Uh, I, didn't, I don't have a relationship with my biological father. Um, I think that affected me for a long time. Um, I had a lot of animosity and hate towards him for a good portion of my life. And you know, as I got older, I just started to pity him because he never saw how great I am, um, me and my brother. Um, but I do have a loving stepfather that you know cares a lot about me, maybe a little too much because he's always on my back about stuff. But. Um, you know, and I have, you know, two sisters that, you know, are very supportive and I have, you know, 
you know, four nephews that, you know, that I love dearly. So, um, and, we, you know, we, all of us get along, you know, very well. And um, what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, it, things could have turned out so differently. Um, you know, in my early life, I, I was, I was a slow reader. Um, I had a lot of um, cognitive issues um, growing up, education-wise, and this is kind of hard for me to say because, like, both my parents are teachers, so um, and it, it's something that you know I, I struggle with now. Like, I I have I've been told that I have you know trouble speaking, and the reason why I got into podcasting was to um, you know voice my opinions and you know, share my stories and share other people's stories and to get over the fear of public speaking. Um, you know, public speaking is hard enough as it is. And, um, when you have a speech problem, you know, or that, you know, people say, um, you know, it, it makes it even harder and you, you get more self-conscious about it. But, um, as I was saying, like, you know, growing up was, it was never really easy. Um, I had a very good outlet, then I, mean, I thank my parents every day for allowing me to participate in sports because it really allowed me to express myself. Um, and that being said, like, uh, getting to sports, um, I feel, and the, especially the way I was raised, uh, maybe I'm naive or maybe I'm just too stubborn, but um, I've never let anybody stop me from achieving any goal that I've had. Um, whether, you know, they said something derogatory, whether they physically try to stop me. I always found a way to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Um, you know, my merit and my character and my hard work got me to the places I wanted to go. Um, and no one stopped me from doing anything, um, that I wanted to achieve. And if I did fail at something, it was because of my own choices and faults. Um, I have no one to blame but myself for my, my successes and my failures. Um, and that's the way I feel. Um, that is the way I see life. And I understand that's not the way for other people. Um, I'd like to also thank a lot of my peers for, um, cause we were able to converse about, um, my post that I, I posted on my Facebook. Um, uh, I don't share my Facebook on my podcast cause, uh, there's a lot of weirdos out there and I, I, I don't, <laughs> really want to converse with you. I don't really post much too, too much on Facebook, but, um, you know, I, I always link my Instagram and if you want to DM me, um, go ahead. But, um, you know, I like to acknowledge some of my peers that really, and I'll tag them on uh, my social media and, um, cause they, they gave me a very unique perspective and we were able to converse civilly and have a discourse that was productive and educational. And we, we learned from each other and this is what America should be like. We should be able to talk about problems, have our own differences, and come to a solution, um, and, and come to an agreement and understanding of each other. Um, you know, and it was beautiful to see the discourse that I was able to have with, you know, four of my peers in a civil, polite, uncondescending manner. Um, and even more, like, I mean, I've had FTO, my FCOs that share their perspectives I had, um, you know, people that I, I keep in touch with, um, people that I've gone to the gym with reached out and, uh, people, you know, my coworkers that, you know, I've worked with reached out and, um, all of them have said nothing but good things. And, you know, they see where I'm coming from. Uh, they learn from my perspective and I learn from their perspective, um, equally. 
and um, we were able to come from a you know a well well educated and mannered approach. Um, I'd like to share some of my, my experiences as an athlete and as a human being and as law enforcement um, about the racism that goes on in America and how it made me feel. Um, one of the earliest experiences uh, that I've had with you know racism or whatever you want to call it or discrimination, um, I, I first moved to Sable, New York when I was in second grade. I don't know how old you are when you're in second grade, like eight or nine, um, you know, I moved from Central Islip, which is where my parents, um, my mom, my stepfather, uh, taught high school, high school classes, um, you know, um, one day on the playground, uh, I remember, uh, I'm gonna call him out, because, uh, you know, we actually became really good friends after this incident, um, you know, we still talk to this day, you know, 20 years later, um, which is crazy, but um, yeah, he called me the N-word on, on the playground uh, as I was like running by or something or playing soccer. I, I don't remember what we were doing, but I remember that we um, had an exchange. Um, he called me the N-word. I called him a WAP because he's from a Italian descent, and uh, which is wrong of me to do um, out of anger. And um, we had a fist fight in the playground. And then after that, we became best friends. Um, we still talk, to, like I said, we, we talk to each other um, all the time. And um, <laughs> if you know who you are, who I'm talking about, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean this, you know, sincerely from the bottom of my heart, like, uh, you know, looking back on, on it, it, it's an awesome experience to, to, weigh, um, to where, you know, we could have this happen to where, you know, we called each other super derogatory names. You probably didn't know what they meant at the time. We just knew they were not something you want to be called. We had a fight, you know, a fist fight, and then we were able to dust each other off and shake hands and actually get to know each other because we saw that we are the same underneath. Um, you know, that was one of my early experiences. Um, another experience that I had um, to where my stepfather got, you know, super enraged. Um, I was riding my bike home from school because that's what kids used to do back in the day. Um, I was riding my bike home from elementary school, I believe, and a neighbor or somebody, yeah, a neighbor from a, you know, another block called me the N-word. Um, I rode home, told my parents. My dad was like, where is he? Um, I'm going to go in the car and talk to him. And I was like, it doesn't matter because maybe I didn't know the impact of what it meant. I, I just knew it wasn't something to be called. It didn't have any bearing with me, and I think that's the... Um, because it didn't really follow me home other than me telling my parents. Um, it wasn't like we didn't have social media back then, so it wasn't like a constant thing happening to me. Like I wasn't being called the Edward, you know, hundreds of times over and over again. It wasn't settling into my, you know, my synapses in my brain. It, it just, you know, happened and that was it. Um, uh, you know, something that was um, something that I did see that kind of bothered me was um, my first one coach, um, Coach Crop. Um, you know, he almost didn't let me uh, swim on his team because I was black. And like, at the time, um, I can only remember two black swimmers. Um, and I, I hate saying, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use minority as a better word because I, I hate 
using color. Um, it, it just, it, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, like again, I'm wired differently, so um, take it with a grain of salt. But, um, you know, Sabir Muhammad and Anthony Nesty were probably the only minority swimmers at the time, um, other than, you know, athletes from different countries. Um, you didn't really see, you know, black swimmers. Um, and you, you know, there's obviously there's a lack of funds going into um, the black community for swim programs. There's a, you know, there's a lack of um, structure there and a lack of programs in, in that community, which um, for those of you who don't know, um, my parents were huge advocates of um, the Learn to Swim program in Long Island, and they actually held a swim program in Central Islip, and my mom to this day still teaches um, you know, people how to swim. Um, you know, and she's retired, like she doesn't have to work, but she chooses to do so. But, um, you know, from the age of 11 till I was in high school, or till I graduated high school, I was teaching some lessons um, to minorities and anyone, basically anyone who wanted swim lessons. Um, but mostly it was minorities who didn't know to swim, who were first generation swimmers, um, which was, which is awesome. I mean, um, and one of my peers, she didn't know that. Um, she, she never made fun of me in high school. She always thought it was, and she was never mean to me. She always thought it was weird that I swam instead of played football and basketball. And, um, you know, she was struggling to understand my post and she wrestled with words or anything, but she saw what I was getting at. And, um, you know, my experiences that I had, um, living down here in Florida. Um, but, uh, going back to, you know, coach crop and coach crop was a great coach. Um, I actually ended up being one of his better swimmers until he gave me a chance. Um, he wasn't going to give me a chance um, when I walked on the pool deck with my, my dad, um, my stepfather. Um, well, I, well, I call my dad because he raised me. So I'm, for now on, I'm just going to call him my dad. Um, yeah, he, uh, he, didn't, he didn't know that I, I could swim. And he, he, he almost was insulted that my dad brought me, brought me there because, you know, he thought I just didn't know how to swim. Yeah, I was, he was going to have to, you know, go from scratch and teach me how to swim. And my dad was like, no, my son can swim. And, um, you know, Coach Crop obviously looked at him like he was crazy. And uh, I was like, what, you can't see our family resemblance? Because we both don't have any hair. And my dad likes to make jokes like that. So just to ease the uh, discomfort or um, the awkwardness that happens when, uh, you know, we get introduced as family. Um, but, yeah, like, th- those were, like, some underlying things. And I didn't realize it, obviously, at eight years old. But I did notice, like... You know, he wasn't going to let me swim. And I, I just thought that was weird. I was like, why, why wouldn't he let me swim? Um, that makes no sense, you know? So, um, but after seeing me, my ability and my merit and my, my worth ethic, he, obviously he worked with me. Um, and, you know, like, uh, it never stopped me. Like, uh, you know, my worth ethic always triumphed over the color of my skin like and, and that's the way I feel um you know other times in you know my life I've, I've had teachers tell me that you know I couldn't do this or that and, like I had a teacher uh, my English teacher Miss Parrot which I called out before on a podcast um I still don't like her um you know I, I still got good grades in her class but she wasn't like she wasn't my favorite teacher she always like kind of came off condescending and um 
you know, at the time, I, I think I read like a controversial book and she's like, why are you reading this in my class? And um, I, I think the book was called Taboo. Um, I'm gonna see if I can find the author for you real quick. Uh, uh, let me see. Um, It, yeah, it's the um, by John Etney and Entine. I don't know how to pronounce it. But it was published in 2000. Uh, the book is called Taboo: Why Black Athletes Dominate Sports and Why We're Afraid to Talk. Why? Yeah, why we're afraid to talk about it. Um, she got really upset that I was reading that book in class and I was going to do a report on it, and uh, she kind of convinced me otherwise to do it, and I should have read it and did a report on it um, against her will, but another thing that she said that really um, sparked my, my fury or pushed my motivation or something, it, it snapped in my head to where like, I needed to prove her wrong. Um, she told me that I would not ever be able to win a state championship in swimming because I was black, and I was so happy to... and. Not, not, not to discredit anybody, but a lot of my classmates were quiet when she said that because she said that out loud, except for um, my friend Tyler, who's like my, he's, he's my brother. Um, he's my brother from another mother. We're cut from the same cloth. We are essentially wired the same way. Um, I can't keep my mouth shut when I see something wrong or hear something wrong, and neither can he. And he was the only one who said something to Miss Parrot, like, how, like, it's like, what is wrong with you? Like, how dare you say something like that? Like, that's completely wrong. And she obviously didn't respond to either of us. And I was so happy to bring my gold medal to class two weeks later and slap it on her desk, um, proving her wrong. Um, you know, another incident that happened in the high school, um, you know, I had uh, two of the coaches in the gym class, um, they always pressured me to drop swimming for football because um, I was an athlete. Um, and I, you know, one coach, uh, Coach Peacock, he was the current football coach for Venice High School. Um, he he really really tried like every every gym class every year. Um, even though I was a successful swimmer, you know, every week I'd be in the papers or you know even when I, after I won states, he'd still try to you know swing me onto the onto the football team and I was like, you know, enough's enough, man. Like I'm not joining football. I have, I do have a really good chance of swimming in college. And, um, you know, coach Wheatley, um, kind of eased off and is like, well, he talked to me about, you know, other options, like, uh, not other options, but he talked to me about schools and what other schools were looking at. And you know, he kind of tried to help me like decide where I was going to go to school. But, you know, at first he was like, dude, you should play football. Cause obviously I was the, probably the only, um, black kid in school who didn't play on the football team or play basketball. Um, you know, other incidences in the school, like I've had people of my own race, um, you know, make fun of me for, you know, the way I talk, the way I dress, the way I conduct myself, the sports I played, you know, in the career field that I chose, um, cause it wasn't their path and like, they didn't understand my difference. And another one of my peers pointed out is like, it, you know, their rejection I felt and, you know, it, it was, you know, it, it's messed up, um, but it's a lack of exposure. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I think I've had enough exposure. Um, I, I come from a very diverse com you know, community in New York. 
Um, and I've, I've always been taught to see, you know, merit of character over color. Um, and I think that should carry weight over everything. Um, you know, I, I don't see oppression, maybe because I'm, I'm naive or maybe I'm too stubborn. Um, you know, you work with what you got. And um, there shouldn't, you know, I hate this notion of like everything should be free and everything should be equal. I'm like, like, should I blame my ancestors for, you know, selling each other out in, in Africa to bring, you know, slaves to America? Like, no, I, like, do I think there's a hidden hierarchy in society? Like, absolutely. But it's something that needs to change systematically and it's going to take time to do that. I mean... Why is it that, like, we get a new president every four to eight years, but the Senate stays, Senate and, like, House of Representatives stay there for 40-plus years and not do anything? Like, I, I don't understand that. Like, if you want systematic change, it has to start at the local level, and then you have to vote these people out if you don't want them in office or if they're not doing their job. Um, that, that's basic, that's basic govern, you know, government econ. Um, you learn that in high school. Um, some of the things I've learned in you know law enforcement, um, I, I face a lot of discrimination there, and obviously a lot of it came not obviously, but I, I faced it in, in two fronts. To where you know I've had you know suspects say the most vile and like threaten my life, and you know vile, disrespectful, disgusting things to me in my face, and I have to, I've had to take it. Um, I've always lived by the credo that um, you're a sir or ma'am until you prove otherwise, meaning. Um, you know, you have my respect as long as you respect me until you break that respect by threatening me, by trying to hurt me. You know, I will no longer call you sir, ma'am. I will call you like it is. Um, and, and like I've, you know, I'm a very stoic person. I'm very laid back to a point until you push me too far. And then I, I can be the most ruthless. I, I can be the most ruthless savage human being, if you will, on the planet, if you push me to that point. Um, and that point is not easy to push, but, and I, I do understand a lot of things. Um, I do understand where people are coming from. I do understand that people are, you know, they, they have certain circumstances in life where they're not where they should be, but we learn right from wrong from a young age. And I, I, that, that's the thing where, I feel like these riots are just getting out of hand. And I believe, I totally believe in peaceful protest, but it's to the point where protesting is not enough because it's being unheard. Um, it has to come down to getting people out of office that don't belong there and putting people who will change things in office. And that happens with small elections leading into big elections, um, like I said earlier. Um, but, you know, through sports, I've had, you know, people spit in my lane in swimming. I've never had a teammate openly not like me because I was black. Um, they've always cared more of my ability to win races, be a good teammate, um, get my hand on the wall first, my hard work. Uh, if I, I mean, we called each other out. If I wasn't working hard, I got called out. If they weren't working hard, I called them out. It wasn't, you know, um, Tyler put it, you know, in a great way, like he was like, dude, you were a dude that worked hard and swam. Like that—that's all I saw. I didn't see you as a you know, as a black guy, you know. And like the fact that I saw, you know, some of the things that you were going through, 
pissed me off and that's why I spoke up. I was like, well, you know, you know, like, it should piss you off, but I also like, you you shouldn't, I, you shouldn't pity me for anything because I don't, I don't, you don't get stronger for, through pity. Um, you know, pity and coddling and this PC culture that we have is, is, is bullshit because it's not going to get, it's not going to develop you. Um, do you have to be hard all the time? Hell no. Um, is it okay to, you know, cry and get upset? Like, absolutely. But I, I don't need you to you know, hold my hand and coddle me uh, every time somebody says something mean to me um, or does something wrong to me. Um, it's, that's not going to help. Um, and maybe I'm just wired differently. Maybe I got it all wrong. And maybe, I, you know, I'm, I'm just an anomaly among, uh, you know, certain people. It's just, it's not the way I'm made. Um, and I'm kind of rambling here, but uh, I've, I've touched on a, a couple of uh, topics that I wanted to touch. And um, like, again, like I'd like to thank and acknowledge some of my peers for helping me out. Um, you know, like, uh, it's it's really been eye-opening um i'll talk a little bit about like what it's like to be a like a police officer um you know when you get a call like in in your patrol car you you don't know what you're walking into Um, you only get half the story and sometimes it's not even the case at all um if you hear a suspect is you know highly volatile um you know has a criminal history of let's say like aggravated assault, aggravated battery, um, you know, hates cops. Like you're gonna go in there with the utmost intention that you're gonna get into a fist fight as soon as you get in there. You know, as soon as you get there, there's gonna be some kind of confrontation. Um, and sometimes like you don't get enough information at all from dispatch because it comes from um, a person calling. Like I, I remember having calls where Literally, the person says, my husband needs to go to jail. They, they literally just left it at that. And that's all the information I got. And obviously, um, there's a male outside the house, females inside. I talked to both parties and obviously saw, saw the issue. And, that, and that's the key. Like, you have to have both sides of the story. Now, I don't know what, what George Floyd got um, arrested for. Um, you know, he said it was like a, a forged check. And, it, you know, it turned out to be... Um, a good check or something like that. I, I don't know the whole story. Um, I only know what the media tells me. And, and for the most part, the media is bullshit. Um, you know, like they, they don't tell you the whole truth. Um, they only show you half the picture, um, which is a problem. I think a lot of things need to change. I, I, I think media for sure needs to change. I, I think um, positions in our government need to change. Um, uh, the hierarchy that we, the hidden hierarchy, like one of my peers pointed out, uh, definitely needs to change, especially when it comes to education and uh, allocating like funds to certain programs. Um, you know, education is so vital to our future, especially for our younger generation, because they, I want them to learn from our past. Um, and, you know, everyone's saying, you know, we should monitor police, but, you know, our educators are the ones basically raising our kids. Um, they need monitoring to monitoring too. like this whole notion of everything should be free and nothing in life is free. It, it always comes to the price. Like I've, I've had arguments with people. I, I shouldn't even argue with these people because if you can't 
talk to me in a way without calling me a name or being degrading. Like, there, there's no sense of talking to each other because um, you're not going to want to see my point of view. You always think your point of view is right. And, like, that's not how I was raised. I, I, and that's not how I function. Like, I, I need to see where you're coming from and you need to see where I'm coming. That's how resolutions happen. And that's how, you know, solutions happen. Um, but, um, yeah, like, you know, I, 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 I just called out, you know, teachers and stuff and, you know, that's, it's true. Um, there's a, there's a lot of things that need, need to change. Um, and change, changes I feel is going to come, um, whether it be in a local election or the next election, um, regardless of who you side with or who you vote for. Um, if you listen to my podcast, you probably guess, you know, I'm, I'm pretty conservative, but you know, I'm not stupid. Like I, I listen to both sides and, you know, if the right, you know, person came into office, you know, or was running for president, I'd vote for them if they did the right thing. And, um, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of things that Trump says that I don't agree with, but for the most part, you know, he's done a pretty, pretty good job. Um, yes, like before he was even president, he was very outspoken. Um, and I knew that when he got elected, he was going to be, he was going to say more outlandish things. Uh, I don't, I'm not upset with him cause I expected it, but for, you know, for people to think that, you know, it's outrageous and it's a shock. And I'm like, he's going to say things. He doesn't know how to, he's not a pot. He's not a politician. Um, he's not going to bullshit you to your face. He's going to do exactly what he says he's going to do. Um, and he's going to say outlandish things cause he just can't control his Twitter fingers and his mouth. Um, that's my observation. That's what I've come to accept. Um, but yeah, like, uh, enough about the president. Uh, frankly, like, you know, honestly, arguing over politics and elections, it, it's basically arguing over, you know, which two shoes are going to kick you in the balls first because you're going to get screwed over anyway. Um, and that's, you know, that's pretty true on all parts. And I think some, that's something that everyone can agree on. Um, but yeah, um, thank you guys for listening. Um, it's like 9.30 at night, um, which is 9.41 at night. It's time for me to go to sleep because I got a busy day tomorrow. But um, yeah, let me know what you guys think. I'll make it available on uh, social media platforms. And um, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll list the people who um, I had a really nice discussion with and we were able to talk um, civilly with. And uh, I hope you guys listen to it and give me your feedback. Thanks.